Hello, everybody, and welcome to today's show. I'm your host, Zach Drew. And I'm Andrew Bellers. We have a lot to cover today, and we're going to be talking about things that you may have never heard. I can almost guarantee you've never heard some of these revelations we're going to be discussing on today's program. Okay, I want to tell you, though, that the technology, we're going to jump right into it. All right. The technology that is being built right now, that's being developed right now, is going to give, and this is a very interesting word, we're gonna, we're gonna dive into this word later on, it's going to give consciousness to the image of the beast in Revelation 13. And, and the tech is being developed right now. The thing that, that the tech titans don't realize is that the very thing that they are creating actually plays into prophetic scriptures of the last days of earth. These are some of the things we're going to be talking about on today's program. Before we get into it more, I simply just want to give a 30-second plug. For those who have donated, thank you. Thank you, thank you for that. We really appreciate it. I want to, whoever's watching right now, whether it's on Facebook, the PTL Television Network, or YouTube, I'm talking to you right now. Please prayerfully consider becoming a monthly partner. Um, Just go to ZachDrewShow.com. That's Z-A-C-H-D-R-E-W.com, show.com. Or you can write us at I-G-B-Y, and that is uh, P.O. Box 797, Decatur, Illinois, 62525. Partner with us. Okay, here we go. This is going to be a really cool show. I want you to think about it. I have a, I have a list here. Mm-hmm. I want you to think about, first off, Daniel, chapter 12, verse 4. It's a okay. very... Very common scripture that many of us are very familiar with. And it says this, but you, Daniel, he just got a a prophetic word about the end times. Shut up the words and seal the book until the time of the end. And then he characterizes what the time of the end will be like. Okay. And it says, many shall run to and fro, you know, throughout the earth Mm -hmm. and knowledge shall be increased. Okay. Knowledge shall be increased. Now, what's an interesting note uh, about this is that according to industry tap, Knowledge and technology is doubling, doubling every 12 months. That's, that's insane. It's exponential. It is. Well, if you think, if you look at sort of the progress of human technology throughout, um, as far as we know, human history, yeah. it really is like an exponential line. If you were to look at a graph, basically from the beginning of time up until around... The first industrial revolution. Yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty much just a straight line of progress. Yeah. And then right at that point, at the first industrial revolution, is the beginning of a curve that, that just curves until it becomes almost straight. Our progress has become so exponential that we're moving almost straight up on that graph. It's hard to eat. It's really difficult. You know, I feel like even like the most educated historian finds it hard to paint a picture to the general population of just how much history has changed in the past 250 years. You yeah. know, really the first industrial revolution starting around the 18 or the 1760s and leading up to 1840. But I want you to think about something just for an example. And I have a list I want to read through. I want you to think, I wish we just had like, you know, a ton of props. Imagine we just have a a huge table right here Mm -hmm. and you're seeing a a telephone, an old, you know, rotary telephone, a telephone, a home phone. You have a a phone on the desk here. I also want you to think about a radio, whether it's, uh, you know, maybe a big boom box or something. You know, imagine that all of your CDs are here on the table. Your old photo albums are here on the table. Maybe you have a video camera, it's here. The Daily Newspaper, the New York Times, Washington Post, you know, it's all here. All the books that you have are on the tables. 
you know, even your Bibles or maybe even the tutorial books, they're all here. Your calendars on this desk, your stopwatch, your flashlight, your voice recorder, your compass, your, your television or your multiple televisions are all right here on this desk. All of your movies, all your old VHS, your DVD, your Blu-ray, your 4K, all of your movies are right here on this, this desk. Your calculator, your notepads, your journals, your, your clocks, maybe the yellow pages, a carpenter level, and all of your board games. Yeah. So we have an extensive you know, number of items in this imaginary thing on the desk right now. And also remember a time when the only, the only place that you could access a telephone was in your own house. The only time that you, the only place that you could see the news was in that newspaper or was on the radio. The only time, I mean, think of a time when your attic was filled with boxes of your family photos because the only place that you could keep them was in that place. Exactly. And all of this technology that we just, or all these items, it's literally all within a cell phone. Everything. We are carrying that entire list of items within our pocket at all times and that's just the physical things then you have the you know you have your online banking your gps your right. email it's all literally within that little device this is an incredible thing just to have a picture of, of how technology has advanced exactly and think of yourself in that time and a lot of people watching this know that time and there are some people who are watching this who can't even fathom it a time where all of those elements all of those different items only existed apart Imagine back in 1950 thinking like, wow, I wonder if one day there could be one device where absolutely everything that I could think of or need could be in that one device. And in the same way they couldn't imagine it, we're sitting here in 2018 and I'm telling you right now that I feel that the Lord has given me this as a message to get out to the masses over these next coming years. I feel like I have a glimpse of what is to come. In the same way you can't explain to someone in the 1950s what an iPhone is. You know, you just, you can't, or the, or the 1800s. Let's even be more radical because mm -hmm. I believe the difference between the 1800s and 2018, that radical difference, I believe it's going to be an exponential difference between 2018 and 30 years from now. It's mm -hmm. going to be so crazy. It's going to be hard to even, to, to grasp it. So knowledge, technology is increasing. And people are going, obviously, this is an old school one, to and fro throughout the earth. Yeah. You know, airplanes and everything. But even to put this in, even put that in perspective... Have you ever thought that Abraham of the Old Testament, who lived thousands of years ago, hmm. Abraham of the Old Testament was able to get from point A to point B just as quickly and in the same method as thousands of years later, Abraham Lincoln was able to get from point A to point B for the most part. That's Think insane. about that. Thousands of years and no development tr truly in transportation. Yeah. Historically, compare the times of Abraham of the Old Testament and Abraham Lincoln, thousands of years apart. Compare that gap between the gap of, say, 1918 and 2018, just 100 years apart. Just think about how different life was you know, at the time of the, of the First World War exactly. compared to, to today. So by way of review, I just want to put this in here. We've talked about it before. I, I'll talk about it again. There have been four industrial revolutions. There, let's say there have been three, and we'll say that we are actually entering into the fourth industrial revolution. Mm -hmm. And you cannot imagine what life would have been like if any of these hadn't taken place. For those of us who 
who are millennials. You can't even imagine, or even if you're you know, the generation above us, you can't imagine if any of them hadn't taken place. The first industrial revolution, which was from the 1700s until about 1840, it literally was the rise of the iron and textile industries and the development of the steam engine. That literally, that era between that and 1840, it changed the world because everything, mm -hmm. for the most part, went from hand production, doing everything, from farming to sewing, everything with your hands to machine production. It changed the world, the face of the world. It will never be the same again. Then the second one, from 1870 to 1914. It's known as the Second Industrial Revolution, um, and it's characterized, you know, the creation of public electricity and, mm -hmm. and, and the light bulb telephone, the internal combustion engine, which led to what? It led to airplanes. And it led to vehicles, it led to cars. Yeah, like we were talking about the First World War. I mean, the, the period we're talking about here between 1860, 1861, when, when the Civil War began, just look at the warfare and the technology that they had available to them. Muskets and bayonets compared yeah. to machine guns and airplanes. Exactly, just 50 some years later, that, that, that exponential explosion in technology and just that small gap of time. Yeah. From the Civil War to World War One, yeah, that's in, it's incredible. So, and this was known as the Second Industrial Revolution. You can't imagine what the world would be like without it. Then, in the '80s, it's the it's the Third Industrial Revolution, known as the Digital Revolution. It birthed many, many, many things. The iPhone, the whole list of putting everything together. It's the digital revolution. It's the internet. It's the personal computer. It's it's Wi-Fi. It's it's your iPhones. It's it's how the world operates. It's online banking. It's how the world operates today is because of the third industrial revolution. Hmm. We right now are entering into the fourth industrial revolution. You and I are. And in the same way you can't imagine what it would have been like before these other ones. Whenever my daughter, Anessa, hmm. is my age, I can't even imagine the world. It's gonna, be, look, it's gonna look like a sci-fi world and we're gonna talk about some of that today. But the fourth industrial revolution will be characterized, and this is quote, representing new ways in which technology becomes embedded within societies and the human body. And the human body. This is going to be the fourth industrial revolution. The new revolution will be marked by nanotechnology, quantum computing, autonomous vehicles, robotics, artificial intelligence, and IoT, Internet of Things devices. And the point of us, of us sort of covering why this growth is exponential, why it's happened so quickly, is for you to have your mind open to the possibilities of what we're going to be talking about on the show mm -hmm. because they are kind of far out ideas but truly history cannot inform us of what the future will hold and that is the point of us saying that you know look at the explosion of technology in just the past you know generation just in the past 100 years mm -hmm. truly history cannot even begin to tell us the the future that we're walking into now today's show we're starting off slow, and we're going to be building and building and building. And you're not going to want to miss the final portions of, of the show. So the fourth industrial revolution, technology literally being embedded into the body. My brain is exploding right now because I'm literally thinking of about 10 elite of the world that you would know by name. I'm thinking of like 50 different articles of how this is becoming a reality, but I want to cover the most developing stories in this moment. Andrew, mm. how, what has happened this week that would illustrate that we are entering into 
mm -hmm. the fourth industrial revolution being characterized by technology embedded within the well, body. Well, that's an important point to make because uh, as something else to sort of help you open your mind to this, it's not something that's in some far off future. I mean, these are things that are happening today. So I have an article uh, from Metro that says, UK firms ready to microchip thousands of employees. Article says, Biohacks, a Swedish company that provides human chip implants, told the Daily Telegraph it was in talks with a number of UK legal and financial firms to implant staff with the devices. Apparently one client has hundreds of thousands of employees. These aren't small firms. I mean, one that, one that is in talks of putting chips into their employees has hundreds of thousands of them. And, and, and even if it, think about this, there are, there are dozens of companies in the United Kingdom that are thinking about chipping their employees. Now, is it gonna be mandatory? Is it gonna be optional? Who cares? You know, it's like the majority of people are going to chip, to get a chip within them. And mm -hmm. then one day, whenever it does become mandatory, whenever it comes becomes either, listen, take the chip or you lose your job, how many people are honestly going to quit their job? You know, if you're a successful businessman making, you know, a, a six figures and you have your, the schools, your, your children are going to security, the neighborhood you want. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, hey, you know, either it's all gone or you take this little chip, it's a little grain of, grain of uh, rice, and save your, save your skin. What are you going to choose? Most people are going to choose the chip. That's exactly what uh, Michael Snyder says in his Michael blog. Michael Snyder. Yeah, he says, you know, of course, once this technology starts to be implemented, there will be some workers that will object. He says, but if it comes down to a choice between getting the implant or losing your jobs, you know, the, the welfare of your family, being a provider for your family, how many workers do you think will actually choose to be unemployed? Uh, basically saying pretty much none. And then he goes on to say, not too long ago, the NBC affiliate in Tampa profiled a mother that desperately wants to implant a microchip into her disabled child for safety reasons. So he says they always like to use children to make us feel guilty. The narrative will be that if you are against implantable microchips, then you're against child safety and you're a bad person. Wow. How ridiculous is that? He said, by now you've seen how this works on issue after issue. There won't be any talk about the potential tyranny that government issued identity microchips could unleash. Instead, all the talk will be about the potential benefits and about how this will make things so much safer Always rose-colored glasses. For the children. Wow, that's, that's insane. So hundreds of thousands of people are going to be potentially chipped uh, in the United Kingdom in the next couple of, of years. Now, um, the thing is this, is that I do believe that one day this will become mandatory. I do believe that one day we'll see major pushes and possibly the full reality of government making this mandatory within our lifetime. Now, whether that happens within our lifetime, which I believe it will or not, it will happen. Whether it happens within our lifetime or not, I don't know. I believe it will. But if it doesn't happen within our lifetime, it will still happen. And I can tell you that because the Word of God mm -hmm. attests to that. In Revelation chapter 13, 16 through 17, it says this. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me. It says it also forced all people, great and small, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on their right hands or on their foreheads, so that they could not buy anything, sell anything in all the world, unless they had this little mark 
that was mm -hmm. on their forehead or their, or their wrists, which is the name of the beast or the number of its name. I believe that one day that it will be Minotaur, but these chips right now, mm -hmm. Andrew, are these chips right now the mark of the beast? I don't think so. No, they're not. They're, 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 they're absolutely not. But over the course of, of time, people are going to become more desensitized to this type of technology. It's going to become incredibly sinister in the future. But no, these chips are simply just phase one of an ultimate goal that is... is is the a, a part of the Antichrist system. These chips mm -hmm. right now, though, they're not the all-powerful microchips connected to, you know, a global spider web being fed to a global brain, which we talked about before. I believe this is where it leads. Mm -hmm. And maybe it won't be in the next five years, 10 years, even 15 years, but this is where it leads. Just like Masayoshi. Masayoshi's son mm -hmm. in Barcelona, Spain, Speaking at the Mobile World Congress in 2017, he actually talked about the future IQ of this artificial intelligence, which will be embedded in every microchip. Yeah, this is in something that you've talked about before. Yes, and Masayoshi's son, by way of review, he is—he's the richest man in all of Japan, the richest man. He is the owner of ARM, ARM, which owns over 99% of all the microchips in every mobile phone in the world. <clears throat> He's also the CEO of SoftBank, which isn't a bank. It's a venture capitalist firm. Mm. And within that venture capitalist firm, they have a, a fund, many funds, but one particular fund is called the Vision Fund, which last year alone, they raised over $100 billion last year alone for this particular fund. And it, the sole purpose of this fund is to invest into artificial intelligence to get to the point of what it's called singularity, mm. when AI far surpasses that of a, of a human Brain, And he even said recently it's not enough. They need to have a, a vision fund 2.0 and raise an additional $100 billion. But here, I want to run this clip for you. This is Masayoshi's son speaking about the future IQ of these microchips. It's insane. Mm. Take a listen. Typically, this is not the only way, but typically when we count the IQ, average people's IQ is 100. So if the genius like Einstein or Da Vinci, if you talk about their uh, IQ, people say they are roughly 200. So anyway, if you have 200 IQ, you are called a genius. I don't know how many people here has 200 IQ. I don't. But anyway, 200, if you have, genius. 100, average. Probably IQ on this room is a little bit better than 100, I hope. <laughs> but anyway, what is the same measurement, IQ? 30 years later, the computer will have, one chip computer will have. I would say it will be 10,000. So what should we call? If the guy has 200 IQ, we call them genius. If a guy has 10,000 in IQ, what should we call? Super intelligence, okay? That is a beyond our average people's imagination, how smart they are. But in 30 years, I believe this is going to become a reality. So what should we do? 
an IQ of 10,000. We can't even compare. It's like the equivalence of my daughter, Anessa, mm -hmm. being a few months old compared to me and my understanding of the world, of economy, of, of art, of, of politics, of this and that. And then her IQ right now of, oh, wow, that's a, I, I don't know why I like that ketchup bottle so much. I've never seen that color before. The difference <laughs> between our intelligence level right now is a difference between an Albert Einstein and this future uh, intelligence. Now, how many chips will there be? Well, first of all, he believes there's gonna be more robots than people within 30 years. But in a much even shorter time frame, listen to how many microchips an IoT device is. An IoT device is a device that you connect to the internet. Mm -hmm. Listen to how many chips he believes are coming in the future. Play this clip. Population of smart robots surpassed mankind's population in next 30 years. That's my view, including these smart cars. The number of IOTs, number of IOTs, it doesn't even take 30 years. As I said, I have just acquired ARM very recently. Just ARM alone will ship one trillion IOT chips in the next 20 years. Doesn't even take 30 years. You know that 99% uh, of our smartphone in our pocket is made by ARM chip. 99%, right? 80% of IoT chips will be ARM. So by knowing, by owning ARM, I can, I can study, I can uh, uh, discuss with our engineers what will be the design next 10 years, right? So I have a much better understanding than, than before uh, our acquisition. So this, this one trillion chips is coming, and they will all get connected. So if I say number of subscribers does not grow, no, 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 that's not true. The number of smartphones does not grow that much anymore. However, number of chips, the IoT chips will grow to a, a trillion chips. So we will have a trillion subscribers. Somebody have to get, you know, connection. So we will have one trillion subscribers on the earth in the next 20 years, one trillion. That's not a small number, okay? And they, they will all be smart, super intelligence. So think of this, one of the chip in our shoes, right? One of the chip in our shoes in the next 30 years will be smarter than our brain. Can you believe? We will be, we will be less than our shoes. <laughs> and we are stepping on them, <laughs> right? So anyway, it's an interesting, interesting society that comes. All those things will be interconnected, not just the intelligence in the client level. Intelligence goes into the crowd. So we can share and, and uh, manipulate real time. And that, that will all feed in to the artificial intelligence, super intelligence. One trillion. Now, Angie, there's some about 10, maybe 15 billion IoT connected internet devices, whether it's your cell phone, your cable box, your TV or printer, whether it's you know, anything that you connect to the internet, some 10 to 15 billion without in the world. He's saying in much less than 30 years, mm -hmm. 
there's gonna be one trillion. Talk about an exponential growth. That's insane, and it makes sense. I mean, right now, there are a lot of devices and items that it wouldn't make sense for there to be chips in that would be interconnected. But, you know, when 5G comes and some of the things that we're talking about on the show, when this happens, it would make sense to have, say, a chip in, in your hoodie or in a child's toy or something else. Yeah. And that's scary, but I think that's the future that we're looking at. It is. It is the future that we're looking at. And I believe that one day, humanity, and, and we can connect it to prophetic scriptures, I believe that one day humanity will be ran by a, a world system, the Antichrist system, that those who follow this system, like we've said, will have a mark in their head or their forehead. Their, or their arm. Mm -hmm. You know, you have three figures of, the, of this time frame. It's the dragon, which is Satan. The, what is commonly referred to as the Antichrist. You know, throughout Scripture, he's called the, the lawless one or the son of perdition. See, so the dragon, the Antichrist. And then you have the false prophet, otherwise known as, you know, kind of like the Antichrist PR guy. He's a, he's just a, he's a human being. I believe in the age of singularity, that, that there will be some type of connection between singularity, this IQ of 10,000, and the Antichrist system. I don't know exactly what the connection is, but I think it's gonna be, I think it's gonna be a tsunami. I think it's gonna be huge. Is it, is it some type of digital dragon? Is it some type, how does it, how does it intertwine? You know, a lot of people are talking about as far as singularity, IQ of 10,000, that but what about consciousness? You know, some of the best apolo uh, apologists in the world, like John Lennox, that, that's the question. But what about mm. consciousness, actually putting life, actually putting, well, consciousness within this inanimate, unsentient type of being? How is it, it going to happen? Well, we don't know. But it is going to happen. I believe in this day that a lot of humanity will actually worship an AI godhead, a, a false god. And I think, it's, I think it's a digital dragon of the end times. I think the Antichrist is going to play into this. And to ground that, to put it into a little more perspective, um, and make me, maybe make it easier to swallow, from the conception of, of algorithmic machines, from the conception of artificial intelligence, the big question has been, could there be a machine that is conscious, that has sentience, and that has been one of the major goals of the technological community, is, is can we get to this point? What would it look like? And, and it's one thing to know, it's one thing to even have knowledge, like, you know, search engine, put in a question, output an answer, right. and to have, it's, it's another thing to even have wisdom and knowledge and, and to be like human, but the, the big thing is, how mm. do we give it life? Yeah. How do we give it that consciousness? And conceptually, you know, I've struggled with this, but when you put it in the grand scheme of, of the growth and the explosive exponential growth of human technology, where, where we look at the past and we realize that history can't inform what the future is going to look like, I just want myself, I want everyone to have an open mind because I believe that what we're going to see is things that we couldn't even conceive of right now. There's an article from Wired, it says, God is a bot, like a robot, God is a bot, and Anthony Lewandowski is his messenger. Let me read this couple paragraphs to you. Many people in Silicon Valley believe in the singularity, the day in our near future when computers will surpass humans in intelligence and kick off a feedback loop of unfathomable 
change. When this day comes, Anthony Lewandowski will be firmly on the side of the machines because in September of 2015, the millionaire engineer, close to billionaire, founded mm. a religious organization. He founded a religious organization called Way of the Future. Its purpose, according to previously unreported state filings, is nothing less than to develop and promote the realization of a godhead based on artificial intelligence. Documents filed with California show that Lewandowski is the way of the future CEO and president and that it aims to, through, quote, through understanding and worship of the Godhead to con contribute to the betterment of society. Yeah, sure. <laughs> a divine AI may still be far off, but Lewandowski has made a start in providing AI with an earthly incarnation. So he, this article is, is, is strangely prophetic, okay? Mm -hmm. Now, by no way do I believe, and I'm not saying I don't believe this, that Anthony Lewandowski is the false prophet. Remember, you have the dragon, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. But it's interesting how eerily similar to, pro to prophecy this thing is because mm -hmm. it's saying God is a bot. So I'm thinking, so this God is a bot. This is like an antichrist figure. And Anthony Lewandowski is his messenger or false prophet. So it's Anthony Lewandowski, the regular human being, uh, is going to be giving singularity, is going to be giving consciousness to this God bot with superior artificial intelligence. That is what is essentially this article is saying, which is very shocking because that is exactly what Revelation chapter 13 says. So mm -hmm. the argument is this, can they ever become conscious can they ever have breath within them, life within them, these, these supernatural uh, uh, artificial intelligence uh, beings? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. And it talks about that in the Word of God. Listen to this scripture. Revelation 13. It ordered them to set up an image in honor of the beast who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. So it ordered them to set up an image. What is it? It is that second beast. The second beast is the PR guy of the Antichrist, the false prophet, the one who does crazy things and points the worship to the Antichrist. So you have, it says it, which is referring to the PR guy, ordered them, which is basically the, his workers around him, to set up an image or or a being or a type of statue mm -hmm. in honor of the Antichrist who was wounded by the sword and yet lived. The second beast, the PR guy, the false prophet, was given power to give breath to the image of the first beast. So think about this, guys. The false prophet, a human being, orders his minions to set up an image or a statue mm -hmm. that honors the Antichrist. I don't think it's a statue. I think it's made up of wires, of, of 3D printed this and that to make it look like a, a human being. Who knows exactly what it's gonna look like? The fact of the matter is this, is consciousness gonna be possible to be put within these inanimate objects? It says here in, in Revelation that the false prophet is literally going to be able to give life or breath, or another word, Consciousness, that's the word. We translate it life, we translate it breath. But it, 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 the word there in the Greek, as you know- Well, that's, that's a key word because in the Greek, 
Almost every other place that that's found in the New Testament, it's actually translated as spirit. spirit. It talks about the spirit of a man or the Holy Spirit. And, and the implication here that it would be translated as breath, you know, the implication would be that it would be like somehow, you know, in Genesis compared to when God gave breath to man, that somehow this would be comparative to the sentience or the consciousness or the spirit of a living person. So whenever you have these tech elite throughout the world like Masayoshi's son and so many others questioning, well, we're gonna keep building and building and building and building, but the, the final stage of consciousness is still a mystery. We'll be, we do believe we'll be able to tackle that, but it's still a mystery. And then on the Christian side, you have apologists like John Lennox saying, well, that's, that's the issue. Artificial intelligence is something to be reckoned with, you know, it's like, I mean, it. we do need to come to grips that it's going to become a, a reality, sophisticated artificial intelligence. But he even says in seminars, the question is consciousness. And the thing is this, is that Revelation 13 lets us know that consciousness will be available. It will be available for these, for these objects. Mm. And it'll be given power. I mean, this is... It's hard to not see it's that. It's crazy. It's hard to not see that from the scripture, that there will be some sort of created by hand, some sort of man-made image, and that a spirit, the, the power of life, the breath, will be poured into it and give it life and give it sentience. It's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. I can't believe it. I mean, it's incredible like in a horrific sense. <laughs> but listen, we were absolutely out of time for today. We've actually went over a few minutes. I want to say though that I look through the news a lot, okay? I don't even know how. I look through the news a great deal throughout the week. And I want you to know that I, I'm actually never, I, I am never fearful. I'm never, I never have anxiety over it. I don't. I think the Lord had, did something so supernatural in my life where he removed all of those type of panic attacks I used to deal with as a as, as I was growing up, that he was setting me up for a place to be able to, to digest this for incredible lengths of time without ever feeling anxiousness because he taught me something in those moments as part of my testimony we shared it before, is that as long as your eyes are on Jesus, as long as your eyes are on the final picture of, listen, we're going to spend eternity with him. As, you, won't, you won't ever be scared. I think it's really impossible, Andrew. I think it's impossible for your eyes to be fixed on Jesus and for you to have, be, be experiencing fear within. I feel like if you're experiencing any fear within you, it's just an indication that your eyes are in the wrong place. Because though these things are coming upon the world, and though in the, in the old, time, old Testament, watchmen would explain to the people what was coming, it's important that you understand. It's important that you get your heart right with Jesus. But if your heart is right with Jesus, then you have no reason to fear. All these things do is it attests that the Word of God is true. Mm. And it is accurate. Even though it was written by, you know, some over 40 authors over a 1,500-year time period. Those 66 books written over by 40 authors over a 1,500-year time period, they... They, they didn't get anything wrong. It's yeah. the inerrant, perfect Word of God. It's perfect. Yeah. And, and all this stuff, like I said, it just attests to we're living in the end days and the Word of God is true. If the Word of God is true, then we can be led to believe that everything in the Holy Book is true, including salvation, which only comes 
through Jesus. We are just out of time. I just keep talking. Hey, listen, we got to go. We'll see y'all next week, okay?